Okay, um, so I'll be taking or presenting Second Kings. I'll try, I'll try and make it fifteen minutes or twenty minutes. Hopefully, not forty-five minutes. Um, so Second Kings is a twelfth book in the Bible. It's twenty-five chapters. Take you about, I think Sarah was mentioning last time. Uh, if you're a slow reader, take about two hours, three hours to read. Um, not too long. Basically, it's it's a storybook. It's telling um, of all the evil and good that happened in Israel in the time period after um, Solomon um, and all the when the two kingdom when the kingdom split into two. You got Israel to the north and Judah to the south. Today, I mentioned there's ten tribes in Israel to the north and two tribes in Judah to the south. So Israel was first. I'll get into this a bit more details, just with a quick overview. But Israel was the first to be um, taken captive, and then Judah afterwards. Judah was able to return and rebuild, but Israel never was. Uh, it's most likely written by Jeremiah. But it's not 100%, but most likely written by Jeremiah. Now, this book, when you read it, um, lots of remarkably similar names. And the change of names is very slight and goes from Israel to Judah, back to Israel, back to Judah. So it's very hard to read. So you've got to have a basically, this is what I used here. Um, I gave everyone one of these last week. This really helps um, to picture it as a visual reference on the time periods between the kings and when it moves between Israel and Judah. So you have the main kingdoms in the book. So you've got Israel and Judah, Syria, Assyria, and Babylon are the main um, civilizations or nations that are mentioned in the book. They have a major part. It can be divided into three sections. From chapters 1 to 9 is the remaining service of Elijah and the service... The, um, so Elijah finished in First Kings, but there's a very small section, first two chapters first two or first chapter of Elijah just before what happens to Elijah kids know do we know he got taken up he got taken up yeah he didn't die cool so so it mentions Elijah and his departure um, was taken up by a chariot of fire um, Elisha taking over from Elijah um, and then Elisha's service to the Lord and all these miracles such as raising um, dead children um, the oil jars um, Naaman's leprosy, some of the most popular ones. Uh, chapter 10 to 17 is the second um, division. And it's a history of the divided kingdoms of Israel and Judah until the assimilation or the capture of Israel by Assyria. It moves between the two kingdoms, as I mentioned, Israel and Judah. It speaks and shows of the good and evil, mostly evil, um, the kings and the people did over the years. Approximately 746 to 728 BC is the invasion and the wave of um, the capture of Israel from Assyria. The two tribes taken. I think it was First Chronicles 5 verse 26 mentions it. Approximately 752 BC to 732 BC, another invasion wave um, capture of Israel from Assyria. 
and I think it was approximately seven tribes taken. Chapter 15 in Second Kings, verse 29. And then approximately 722 BC is the final um, capture of Israel from Assyria, where Samaria is taken by Assyria. So the main city in um, Israel was Samaria. They're talking, um, it usually talks about Israel, it talks about Samaria. And in Judah, it talks about Jerusalem, so the main cities. So that was the final. And then Israel was um, under the rule of King Hoshea at the time, the Assyrian king um, Shalmaneser, who took Hosea captive and took Samaria, leading to the end of Israel in the end of that 17th chapter. Once Israel was taken, he actually put five different nations back into the place of Israel to look after the place. And they were they were all from different... Um, so we had the Babylonians, I think I've written it down somewhere. Um, but you can read it up. Um, but there was five different nations that came into Samaria after the, um, it got taken as captive. Taken captive, sorry. In chapters 18, so the third section, um, the third division, sorry, is from chapters 18 to 25. It's the history of Judah from the captivity of Israel to the captivity of Judah by Babylon. So the Babylonian captivity of Judah, 605 BC is around there, the first stage of exile under the rule of Jehoiakim. His name at birth was Eliakim. 797 BC was a second stage of exile under the rule of Jehoiachin, also known as Jeconiah, and he was cursed by Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Yeah, Jeremiah. Yeah. And so in Jeremiah 22, verse 28 and 30, says, This is what the Lord says. Record this man as if childless, a man who will not prosper in his lifetime, for none of his offspring will prosper. None will sit on the throne of David or rule anymore in Judah. I think a lot of Jews use this verse to, because in Matthew, in the genealogy, it mentions... Um, Jeconiah or Joachim as a genealogy to Jesus and they use that as saying that Jesus is not the Messiah but I can, I'll go through that later on why that's wrong 587 BC third and final stage of exile under the rule of Zedekiah also known as Mataniah at birth these names were changed by King Nebuchadnezzar so Zedekiah was Joachim's who was the first one that we talked about? Um, brother and Jehoiachin, who's his sons. So he was um, Zedekiah was the uncle of Joachim and the brother of Joachim. Jehoiakim. Very hard to say. Um, Zedekiah was the last ruler before the exile. The book basically covers approximately 300 or just about 300 years. So there's a lot of fall and rise of kings through, um, as Seth had mentioned last week as well, through the natural, natural causes and conspiracy and murder. And a lot of um, killing each other, basically. And there's a lot of, it also covers a lot of hardships the Israelites went through due to being away from the Lord. So I've just put the background of the second kings there. I'm just going to go through a few interesting points. Try and do it within five, ten minutes. 
So, captivity was allowed by the Lord to show them the break in the relationship between the people and the Lord himself. So that he sent them away. So these are, they'll be dropping around a bit, but I just these are some interesting points that came out, out from this book. Elijah's a prophet, so he's considered a prophet of the law. As he did miracles such as rain down fire, where Elisha was a prophet of grace. As his miracles was raising the dead and healing. In, just as a consideration. Elijah represents Christians that are alive and taken up in the rapture, and Elisha represents the dead Christians that will meet in heaven as a resemblance. The word king is mentioned 340 times in the book of 2 Kings. The word prophet is mentioned 31 times, and the, man, the phrase man of God is mentioned 36 times. Elijah recorded seven miracles, and Elisha approximately 14 miracles. Now, I heard an interesting story about, or fact about this. Um, when Elijah died, he said to... Well, sorry, when Elijah was taking up, just before Elijah was taking up, Elisha said, leave your presence with me, um, your spirit with me. And that's why they think maybe he did twice as many miracles, roughly twice as many miracles as Elijah. Because the spirit of, of Elijah was with Elisha. This is something I picked up in the book. It was pretty pretty um, amazing, is the fact that Elisha was a man of God and he did a lot of miracles. Um, but when youths came up against him, mocking him, it's a very very famous story, very popular story, he cursed them just for mocking him. And bears came out and ate the youths. Now, if we contrast that to Jesus as well, when what they did to Jesus, Jesus Christ, what was his words? Didn't curse them. Didn't curse his people. What did he say? He said, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And it shows the um, huge content. You can be the godliest man of God, but nothing compared to the purity of Jesus. Shortest rule. Can anyone guess how long the shortest rule was for a king? How long a king rule? Romans knows because he saw it last week. <laughs> One month. It's one week, seven days yeah, in Israel. Um, and the longest was 55 years. The five nations that Syria let dwell in Samaria after Israel's captivity, um, they were mauled by lions. So they were all mauled by lions. Although they were mauled by lions and they feared the Lord of the land, the Lord of the Israelites that was in the place of where Israel was, they still rebelled against him. So... And I'll let you guys read the story, but really quickly, it's after they, the five nations stayed in Israel after they were captive, they actually um, they were really scared of the Lord because of the, the lions. They got mauled by lions, so they were scared of the Lord of the land. So they actually had Assyria sent prophets back to Israel to teach them the ways of the Lord of the land. And they learnt and they followed the practices of the Israelites in the land, but they still prayed to their own idols. And they still worship their own idols. They feared the Lord, but they still prayed to their own idols. It's pretty amazing. So they can see the true Lord, everything that the Lord has done in the land, and they feared him, but they still followed their idols. 
when Jesus was speaking, this is an interesting fact I also heard, um, or interesting point I heard, when Jesus was speaking to the Samaritan woman by the well, and he told her about her five husbands she had, he was speaking about the five nations that came back into Samaria and dwelt in Samaria after um, Israel's assimilation. I won't go too much into that more. I don't have much details in my notes here, but we can discuss that later. It's just a thought. Um, sin got to the point of leading Israel to famine and causing mothers to boil their children and eat them. In one of the stories that you read in this book, it was very traumatic when I read it. Um, Israel's sin was far and wide, and the Lord was very upset with them. And when I say Israel, I'm talking about the northern tribe. So, northern tribe, if, if you have a look at the... Um, if everyone has got one, if they haven't got it, don't have to... I'll show you later. But, black means bad. So, look at Israel. They had no, no good kings. Yeah? At all. No one. And if you read Second Kings, in every time he talks about the king, kings of Israel, he says um, that they followed in the steps of Jeroboam, the first king. So Jeroboam just led him in, from the very start in a sinful, um, sinful reigns, sinful nature, basically. Sinful practices. Elisha dies in chapter 13. And amazingly, Elisha even does miracles when he's dead. So there's a story in there when a body was um, put into the tomb of Elisha and it touched Elisha and it came back to life. So even when Elisha was dead, he was still doing miracles. So you, I asked a question. So if they were evil from the start, why didn't the Lord um, deal with it from the start straight away? But he gave a promise to um, he made a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he was waiting. He was very patient with them, very very patient with Israel and with Judah, and that's why he's given them many years. Prayer works, very evident in this book as well, um, evident by Hezekiah. One of the it says about two kings in this book, Hezekiah. And Josiah, kings of Judah. Very godly kings. Um, and I'll talk about Josiah later on. But Hezekiah prayed when there was going to be an attack on Judah. An angel of the Lord went into the camp of the enemy and killed, guess how many soldiers? 185,000 soldiers. Um, and the Assyrian king died by his own children, as um, was prophesied to for the blasphemy against, as a blasphemy against God. You can read the story in there when you read the book. What's another important story about Hezekiah? Very popular story about Hezekiah the king. He was sick and he prayed. And how many years did the Lord give him on top? He said to him, I will heal you and give you how many more years? 15 more years. So very evident prayer works in this book. This is one also is amazing when I read in the book. In chapter 20, I don't have it in here in my notes, but I can't remember who, which king, was it? Hez, I think it was Hezekiah, um, 
when he was praying, uh, when he prayed and Isaiah came and said he'd give you 15 more years, I think that's when it was, he said, prove to me, to Isaiah, who was a prophet then, prove to me that what you're saying to me, the 15 years is true, what the Lord is saying is true. Do you know what he did to prove it? So he said, I will set the sun 10 degrees forward. Um, so move time 10 degrees forward. And he said um, to him, no, that's too easy. Set it 10 degrees back. So um, this was saying, I'm not sure it was Josiah or Hezekiah. Hezekiah, yeah. So he moved the, set degrees, um, the sun 10 degrees back. And that just, time is nothing to God. It's a man-made concept. It's nothing to God in itself. So it says about Josiah now. So you have Hezekiah and then Josiah's after, I think, two kings afterwards. Or three kings. It says about Josiah, there's no king like Josiah who tend, turned to the Lord with all his heart, might and soul, according to the books of Moses. Now, a very important point about Josiah. So they had a few kings before him of bad, Manasseh. Manasseh was a very bad king, ruled for a long time. One of the worst kings, Manasseh and Ahab. Ahab was Israel. Yep, and then Manasseh was Judah. Very bad kings. Now, Josiah found a very important book after a long period of time um, that was hidden. Do you know what the book was called? The book of law. So the book of law was with the priests only, and they held it. And when they were repairing the um, temple, they found the book of law. The book of law had all the practices of the Israelites and from back in the day. And very important note was he reinstated a very important, very special thing that the Israelites did back, they started when they were leaving Egypt, the Passover. And it says that the Passover, first time held by King Josiah, and it hadn't been held since the days of when Israel was ruled by judges. So, before the kings as well. Um, so, very, very important. So it's amazing that Josiah did all this and he, he brought the whole nation back to God, Judah, and did amazing things. But the Lord said to him, because of what King Manasseh has done, I will not let you see it, what I'm going to do, but I'm still going to punish Judah. And after Josiah did all that, what happened? His children came along and just went back opposite, went away from the Lord again. Just want to mention, there was, they were all kings, but there was one queen that ruled in Judah. Does anyone know her name? Athaliah. Athaliah, yeah. And she, she was there for seven years. For Joash, so she killed all the king's um, children, but they managed to pull one away, Joash. It was a very, um, very good king, or yeah, pretty good king. I think that is all. Any questions? How was the thing that you said about the curse and the genealogy? Daniel was just asking about the curse um, to Jehoiakim or Jehoiakim. Um, Sorry, Jehoiachin um, or Jeconiah, uh, and you mentioned uh, what's the relation with the genealogy. 
So the curse was, and it was in it's in Jeremiah twenty two. Yeah, it was Jeremiah twenty two. It was verse twenty eight. Yeah. Is this man Coniah? So Jeconiah is also called Coniah. A despised broken vase, a vessel wherein there is no delight. Wherefore are they thrown out? He and his seed and are cast into the land which they know not. O earth, earth, hear the word of Jehovah. Thus saith Jehovah, write this man childless, a man that shall not prosper in his days, for no man of his seed shall prosper sitting on the throne of David or ruling any more in Judah. So that was the, that was the curse on Jeconiah, and um, I think one of the things that come out of it is, well, if, he's no th- if none of his children will sit on the throne... How is Jesus coming from Jeconiah in the genealogy in the bloodline? So when firstly, what I think what it, they mentioned was that in Haggai two verse twenty three, it says that the they, on that day declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel. Zerubbabel was the grandson of Jehoiachin. And says, so he says, I will take you, my servant, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. And says that the Lord's curse has been reversed because of Joachim's repentance. And he also says, three, there's three things in that curse. So he said that he would be childless that he would not prosper in his lifetime and that none of his descendants will rule in Judah. Now, from the point of prosper, in 2 Kings 25, 20, verse 27, 28, because Jehoiachin was taken captive, was taken as a prisoner by um, King Nebuchadnezzar, it says in 2 Kings 25, 27, 28, it says, In the 37th year of the exile of Jehoiachin, King of Judah, in the year evil Murdoch became king of Babylon, he released Jehoiachin from prison on the 27th day of the 12th month. He spoke kindly to him and gave him a seat of honour higher than those of the other kings who were with him in Babylon. So, it mentions that we don't really know what's in between that's happened, but it could be that he's repented and he's come back to the Lord. And the proof that in Haggai, I was just mentioned before, is that his grandson, who is through the bloodline, um, was blessed. Because you had, I remember last week, there was a curse on, I didn't see the curse on Jehoiakim. So both Jehoiachin and Jehoiakim were cursed. So the, the other curse is in Jeremiah 36. So in Jeremiah 36 and verse 30, um, it says, Therefore, thus saith Jehovah concerning Jehoiakim, King of Judah, he shall have none to sit on the throne of David. And he's the same line as Jehoiachin. So Jehoiachin's his son. So both father and son were cursed. Yeah, I, I guess I've, I've got a slightly different feeling about Zerubbabel because he was never king. Mm. He, he actually didn't sit, yeah, on, he the didn't sit on the throne. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in Matthew, the genealogy is through Jehoiakim and Jehoiachin. But in Luke, the genealogy is different. It doesn't go through Solomon, the son of David. It goes through Nathan, the son of David. 
And so that's why the Lord Jesus had to be born of a virgin. Because if he was of the seed of Joseph, which is Matthew's genealogy, that curse would still lie upon him, upon that bloodline. Um, but he's not of the line of Solomon. He is of the line of Nathan. And that's in Luke, and that's through Mary. So his bloodline is actually related back to David through Mary, not through Joseph. So, um, I don't know if that's clear, but you can, if you look in Luke, go from David, it doesn't go Solomon, it goes Nathan. And through Nathan, you get to the end of the genealogy, that's Mary, and she's the birth mother of the Lord Jesus. Joseph, so, um, officially, the Lord Jesus is king in the line of the kings through Joseph, but not of the first bloodline of Jehoiakim and Jehoiachin. So officially he's um, David's descendant through the kings, and he can sit on the throne. And through blood he's the descendant of David, outside of the curse on Jehoiakim and Jehoiachin through Nathan, the son of David, in Luke. Um, so it's just amazing the, the way that... Um, you know, the word of God, it's just not one word falls. When you read these curses on the kings, you think, what? You know, this is can't be true because the Lord Jesus is going to sit on the throne. But, um, yeah, the curse wasn't upon his bloodline. And it went through Nathan instead of through Solomon.